podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome to AI Extra. I'm your host, as usual, Guy Drinkle. Joining me today is Sam Evans. How are you doing, Sam? Very, very good after that one, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. Can't wait to get into this. And joining us is Ollie Emerson. How are you doing, Ollie? I'm very good, thank you, mate. Uh, all the better for getting the uh, lovely opportunity to chat to you. Oh, you little flatterer. <laughs> uh, Andy likes Albie. That'll do me. <laughs> uh, but we'll get to that. So, obviously, we'll be um, covering the 4-0 victory over Red Star. I'm not even going to attempt to say the Serbian name. <laughs> um, but Sam, as always, with these podcasts, we'll start with the starting 11, as we do, as usual. Uh, any Anything that you thought was a bit questionable there? No, I, I was really excited, mate. When I when I saw the starting lineup, I thought finally we're going to get to see Fabinho in a game where it's going to suit him as well. So, you know, we've been holding him back. So I was really excited to see him in there, along with Ronaldo, who's arguably been our best midfielder so far this season, and Shakiri in front of him, who's been looking exceptionally sharp recently. So, um, looking at the starting lineup, we had Trent back at right back as well. So I was really excited to see him back. And the boys back up front. So, yeah, I was really, really happy with the starting lineup, and just couldn't wait to get stuck into them. Yeah, same for me, really. I mean, Ollie, were you, who were you looking forward to uh, most out with this exciting starting eleven? I think, I think Fabinho is the obvious answer. I was really happy to see Trent back. I think when the lineups came out, I didn't so much see the lineup as see people on Twitter saying, "Ah, Klopp listens to me." Because I think literally <laughs> about 50% of Liverpool fans had spent the previous 24 hours saying, "Right, we want Lovren out, Gomez to centre back again, Trent back in, time for me, for me, uh, sorry, Fabinho to play, uh, Shakiri with the front three. I think it was the team that we all wanted, and thankfully uh, delivered the result that we all wanted as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we might as well get into the into the actual game then. I mean, Sam, I'll come with you on this. Come to you on this. Um, they started off very well for the first 10 or 15 minutes. I mean, <laughs> were you worried? I mean, I was kind of getting a bit worried, I won't lie. Yeah, they they pressed us seriously well for the first 10 minutes. I, I was quite surprised and, you know, a bit like you, I was a bit concerned how long we were taking to kind of settle into the game but I think maybe that was down to you know the, the completely new midfield that's never played together before and and we were just kind of finding our feet and sussing them out but you know I think it was nine minutes on the clock when I looked up eight or nine minutes when I saw uh, that's when Wijnaldum just kind of decided to be a beast for a couple of minutes and I don't know if you remember that the team the crowd had a bit of a lift um Wijnaldum did this lovely turn and just opened up the pitch and got us on the attack. And then literally within 30 seconds later, he then made a great tackle as well and then got us on the attack again. So it kind of woke us up then. It was just something someone needed to grab the game by the balls at that point. Because as you said, 
Red Star started off really, really promising and looked really full of confidence. And I thought, right, let's not let's not give them any confidence now, guys, because obviously they they have everything their own way in their own league. So if they start to get their tails up, they might start to be quite impressive. And you know, they, they did show glimpses today of, of some decent attacking ability. So. It was a bit of a concern, mate, but I thought as soon as Wijnaldum did those couple of good bits there, the crowd kind of got lifted and then the guy started a motor. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, Ollie, do you, do you think we may have underestimated them as a fan base? I mean, I, I doubt anyone knew anything of Red Star, but we were obviously big favourites coming to us. I think PSG beat them 6-1, whether it was a match fixed or not. But do you think we underestimated them a bit? Um, maybe to an extent. I think probably, if anything, we just underestimated the sort of chance that they might actually come out of it and go and press us. And it was clear in that first sort of 20 minutes that they sort of put the PSG result behind them or at least sort of tried to do something different. They were coming out as they were uh, charging at our defence at quite some pace. But I thought the defence handled themselves fairly well. It was probably the fact that the defence had to sort of just deal with that for the sort of first 15 minutes that meant that they weren't sort of, we didn't have the uh, full-backs attacking quite as much for um, the sort of first periods of the game. It took us a little while to settle into our, settle into our attacking rhythm. But um, yeah, like it was a decent start by them. It was probably a decent tactic to try and just try and nick a goal. But I think the fight went out of them fairly quickly when our midfields started getting into the game. They pushed back a bit more. We got Trent up, we got Bono up. And uh, from then on, it was sort of the plain sailing that uh, many of us expected before the game, regardless of our recent form. Yeah, yeah. So, Ollie, I'll stick with you then. I mean, might as well get through the goals because there's a lot of incident in this game. Um, so, Firmino, Firmino's goals, do you want to walk us through it? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's it's all about Shaqiri for me. He does. He was criticised by a lot of people, not necessarily criticised, but a lot of people's sort of thoughts when he signed where, yes, he's a very talented player, but can he do the sort of donkey work, the hard yards as expected of a Jürgen Klopp player? And all he's done so far is just action after action have proven that he can do that and it's all capped itself into this sort of brilliant effort he's done for the first goal today. He comes back and uses his body really well to win the ball without giving away a foul, gets on the turn and then as we saw for um, Salah's goal at the weekend, he's got a lovely weighted pass on him, plays a lovely little weighted pass down the halfway through, through, gets Robertson in behind. It's a good ball from Robbo. I think it's uh, Mane who's coming across and just checks his run to let it roll across to Firmino. It's a really good finish from Firmino as well in the sense that he's not scored in a few games. He was nice and composed. He took his time, didn't rush it, took a touch, check back, cross back onto his left foot. It's a little deflection on the finish. I'm not sure if the goalkeeper's going to save it or not without it. If it doesn't take a little nick, I'm going to choose to believe that it's going in any way. But yeah, no, it's really good work from Mobbo. Nice from Firmino. But I think you've got to give all the credit to Shakiri for that one. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd share that opinion. I mean, Chiquiri was brilliant throughout, and we'll talk about his general impact um, later on, because I think he deserves a bit of focus. But uh, Sam, your, th- your thoughts on the first goal? Yeah, to- totally agree with Ollie. That's exactly what I was going to say about Chiquiri's role in that goal. It, we, we've been getting in these positions a lot this season, and the final ball through to the fullback has been terrible. You know, We've been overhitting it really badly. We've been hitting it against defenders timing it wrong, it just hasn't been working. And today, Shakiri just showed that little bit of class that can unlock the door. You know, it, it shades of man, how Man City like to play, where they kind of get behind the defenders with the full-backs and then just cut the ball back across goal in that FIFA cheat goal that no one likes to, <laughs> no one likes <laughs> to see, where you're not actually allowed to do because it's so bloody effective. So... Uh, yeah, gorgeous ball through by Shakiri, and uh, to be fair to Firmino, uh, well, first of all, Robbo, excellent ball across, 
but Firmino did show a lot of composure actually not to just try and hit it when the guy could have got a block in and and bided his time got a little bit of luck you know with a deflection but yeah just a really really nice goal and it kind of woke us up then and uh the start of things to come yeah absolutely and um Sam, I'll stick with you on this. I, for me, no, I'm not sure. How, I'm not sure what his actual record is this season, but I think it's fair to say he's not been at his best for a little while now. Probably since, and I only came on against PSG, but I think that was his last goal. Um, how how do you think he did did in the game? Did you did you think he was back to his normal levels? It's, it's a big improvement. You know, we we know he can go to incredibly high levels, so I don't think he's by any means at the level he's going to be later on in the season. But there was a big improvement today. And you know, I think it's fair to say that's across the board. And obviously, you can put a lot of it down to the opposition. But I just think we've had a really tough start of the season and have just been kind of grinding it out and getting there. Um, I was hoping that between the Huddersfield... Red Star and Cardiff games that we would actually get a game like this where we'd finally open up and, and start to show what we can do. So I think today really did suit Firmino and, and the, the other front three guys. So we, we got to see a bit of a show, to be honest with you. And you know, for Firmino wasn't maybe one of the stars, but what I noticed was he kind of went for a bit of a different approach where he really dropped in really deep today. And I think then that allowed Mane and Salah to have a bit more room and space to run in behind. So there might have been quite a lot of unselfish work that Firmino has done today that we wouldn't necessarily have noticed. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of utilised, well, it was helping Mane and Salah then be able to get the space that they enjoyed today and, and help them get some goals. So I think maybe if you look back at it, you'll notice just how much Firmino did drop in and do a lot of work for the team. Yeah, I think we just naturally expect that now from his, from him as well, don't we? I mean, yeah. I think in the second half he ended up playing like central midfield at yeah. some point, which was uh, it was good to see. And maybe Klopp might actually use him as a number ten, which we signed him as at some point. But no, I thought he was very good. He's probably not the most eye catching, as you said, but I think he was very good throughout. Yeah. And um, Ollie, I'll come to you on that. I mean, it's. I wouldn't say it's a criticism of Robert, but I think it's a point of improvement for Robertson. I think everyone loves Robertson, um, but he doesn't really have the goal record um, of, say, like an Alonso. I think he's not as bad as Alonso is defensively for Chelsea, but Robertson doesn't seem to have that goal return. And I know that's very weird talking about a left-back like that, but in this game, did we see that Robertson's not the greatest in front of goal? Yeah, I think it's testament to sort of how good he is that we could sort of have a conversation where how can he improve he could score more goals when he's you know brilliant at you know good dribbler, good passer, good at defending, good at brilliant at crossing. But yeah, I think um I think I was at Anfield on the last day against Brighton. Uh, I think it was his only only goal last season mm. when we won four 0 and he went absolutely mental. And you could see how much it meant to him, how much joy he got out of scoring. And you think well if you enjoy it that much, mate, you can get better at it because it's really <laughs> not like he gets in the positions or at least the positions become available. Um, there was a couple of times tonight where he could have literally just drove forward and got a shot away and the crosses that he ended up making because of the angle and sort of position he was at and where sort of relative to where other people were on the pitch it wasn't the best option and like he's an amazing crosser and he's so keen but there are times where just positions pop up especially when sort of Mane comes out and he can make that run around the back where he can just drive in and get a shot at goal and 
maybe it's just probably like it's, if I, I, it's, it's got maybe a confidence confidence thing in two ways. In one way that maybe you know he's not the best shooter in the world, and it's not something that comes naturally to him. And in another way, he is so confident with his crossing that it's just what he's going to look to do regardless mm. of the position he's in. But I'm sure he'll be watching the highlights back thinking, oh, I probably could have got myself a goal there. Or at least sort of, you know, have a shot, it gets deflected, keeper saves it, and then who knows who it spills to when uh, we've got our, like, stallions rushing into the area. But no, yeah, I think it's one of those you sort of, you sort of, sort of half put like your smile as you talk about it. Yeah, he could improve and sort of be a bit more ballsy in terms of getting to shooting positions and having a go, but when he's doing everything else so well, it's hard to criticise too much. Yeah, I thought I'd bring it up because he did, he did kind of spoof a couple. Um, why? Moreno, Albi would have scored. Albi would have scored. Well, to be fair, <laughs> we can't really say that because he did have no, a shot in the game. He spooned one into Rosette. It did go out of the cup, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we'll talk about Albi in a bit because I thought he had a good impact on the game. But um, Sam... We'll get through with the second goal then. Uh, I can't remember who passed to Shakiri, uh, if you can remind me of that, but we see Shakiri get an assist, um, a, a little shin pass, I think it was, and Salah's back in the goals. I mean, how, how important was that goal? It's, it's really good to see him starting to pick up a few goals. I think it's, it's going to hopefully stop the media narrative that he's having a stinker because... He's been showing signs for a while now that he's really dangerous. You know, I, I can see where they're coming from sometimes when he he has missed a couple of one-on-ones, but he did exactly the same thing at the start of last season. So, um, seeing him scoring a brace today on top of the goal in the last game as well, it's it's really really positive. Um, you know, again, as you said, it's it's really encouraging Shakiri's role. Um, Shakiri put a ball over the top before that where he put Salah clean through. I don't know how he played that ball. I don't understand <laughs> what what happened. It looked like he'd, he'd spooned it into the sky and it looked like way too much elevation on it. But he ended up clean through on the goalie and just a slight miscontrol from Salah stopped him picking up a goal. So, you know, it was another one-on-one with the goalkeeper just because of the inventiveness of Shakiri And out of absolutely nothing so it's it's really really encouraging and you can you can put it down to the opposition as much as you want but they were pretty bloody gnarly to be fair to them red star today you know they weren't holding back they were putting the fouls in they were pulling shirts right left and center you know it wasn't an easy game i know i i know they've ended up creating a bucket load of chances i think it was eight clear kind of chances um Andrew Beasley tweeted earlier saying the Liverpool had today, which is clean off. Uh, that's absolutely nuts and only coming away with a 4-0 victory. But, um, yeah, you know, lovely little finish from Salah. Now I think he just decided to just put his laces through it this time because when he's trying to place it, it hasn't been working out for him. So just slammed his foot through it and, uh, a strangely kind of muted celebration as well. Yeah, I was gonna, I gonna say, you, you mentioned there, you missed a couple one on one, so Ollie, um, before, before the goal, then I, Salah was having a bit of an off night, I think it's fair to say. I mean, I was watching with a couple of mates who came around and said last season he'd score that, which was really annoying me, but to be fair, he did miss a good few chances before he got his goal. Um, yeah, I think that the, the, the last season he'd score that argument, or oh, does matter him because he missed, he, he did miss a lot of chances last season in Verstappen. So, but no, I think, I know what you mean. It was sort of, 
similar to what he'd been doing a few times this season in that he'd been doing everything right up to a point like it was there for him and then it just wasn't. So there's the Shakiri played the ball over the top and he takes a really nice touch to get it down and then the keeper just sort of gets out to him and smothers it quickly and just one or two little things like that where you think, oh, is it going to be another night for him where he just struggles? But no, he gets his chance, um, tucks it away really nicely, sends the keeper the wrong way. Um, so it doesn't think about it too much just gets his head down and blasts it which maybe is sort of a better idea obviously I think it's a bit of a cliche but there probably is something to it that strikes have said that when you go through this you start to think about things a bit more and so much of goal scoring especially for players that just love to get in and around box like Salah it's about instinct and uh, he used his instinct really well to put us ahead there and obviously got his second later on so uh, hopefully a nice confidence booster for him and we'll really see him kick off now and uh, get on with uh, getting 40-odd goals again towards the end of the season. Because it was about this time, this uh, pardon me, last year, that he really took off. He had a deep, deep, similar start to this season. Obviously, we all, hyped it up a bit, we all hyped it up a bit more than we have this season because, you know, he hadn't scored 40 goals the season prior. But it was around winter time last season where he really sort of took his game to another level. So hopefully we'll uh, see some uh, winter gloves on and see some more goals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and I noticed he had the Luis Suarez tape on his hand as well. <laughs> yeah, anything, anything that works. Yeah, absolutely, and just on one of my moments from Salah, I think Mane did like a, a, a roulette spin, what the what the kids call it on FIFA, and Salah missed the chance, and I was so gutted. I think it was first half. I can't remember. It might have been second, but uh, yeah. I mean, while whilst we're on Mane, just to, just to fill out the pod a bit, I mean Sam. We've mentioned uh, both of the other front three. Uh, Man is obviously involved in, in a couple of incidents later on that lead to goals and a missed penalty. But uh, how, how do you think Man did in, in terms of the other front three then? Because it's fair to say we were pretty good throughout. But how do you think Man did? I think I think he looked really sharp again. You know, he, he's the kind of player that can really frustrate you on occasion because you know what he can do. He's got such incredible explosivity. In his feet, when when he gets the ball, he just that first step he makes, he, he's pretty much past the player in one stride. It's incredible the power he's got on his legs, and he showed flashes of brilliance today. A lot of the time, it didn't quite come off, but he, he was looking so much sharper today. I just think I don't know whether you can just credit it to the midfield working a lot better, but that's how I felt. What's been going wrong this season so far is that the front three have been getting piss poor service basically and they begin the ball in really tight areas where they've got very little time to do anything with it and today I thought that they got the ball in bucket loads of space and all of a sudden we're creating chances by the hatful you know it's, it's no coincidence and I just thought Mane looked really really sharp today he, he could have come away with a hat trick quite easily um, if it wasn't for a few few missed chances and uh something else that was missed that we'll mention later. Uh, but yeah, you know, all in all, I think really, really positive again, mate. You know, all, all the front three looking a lot, lot better now and with Cardiff to come as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've got a, I've got a question penciled in later on um, about the potential now of how how, yeah. of how they can uh, improve. But uh, I think that's pretty much the first half, but we'll come, we'll come on to the second half now. Um, and we have to start with the uh, first penalty. Um, before we talk about the actual penalty, and um, Ollie, do you think it was soft? Um, yeah. Um, I think even more. I think everyone knows it was soft. It's one of those which, by the letter of the law, might well be a penalty, but you just never see them given. If Marnie's just like got the sort of 
knowledge like just to lean his head in a bit more and get clapped in the face, then yeah, but it's more like around his chest area. Um, brilliant snide by him to actually get the penalty. More of that is welcomed. Um, but yeah, it's one of those, it's one of those where you sort of think if it's an important game and say we've won that penalty to beat United 1-0 or something, we're probably here going, yeah, no, I think it was a penalty. I think it was a penalty. But like when we've given, you know, the best team in Serbia a pasting, it's a bit easy to sit and look back and say, you know, we probably sort of got a bit lucky there. It was probably a bit harsh on them. It's, it's not like one of those clear cut no, but I think, 90% of the time, you probably don't see those given. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Sam, um, you, you, well, both of you mentioned before the podcast, uh, when you saw Salah step up, uh, you're kind of disappointed it wasn't Fabinho. I mean, he puts it away, but just to kind of balance out the podcast, you can't be all bright and happy. <laughs> um, I think they said that Salah's now our second choice penalty taker behind uh, Milner when he's not on the pitch. I, I know he scored, but Salah in front uh, from 12 yards just doesn't fill me with that much confidence. Yeah, the same here, mate. Yeah, to- totally agree. Um, we were, we had a little chat before the pod as well about penalty takers in general, and I just assumed it was going to be Fabinho now from you know for, for the whole season basically with his record of Monaco being insanely good. You know, I know he missed a, a penalty in pre-season in a friendly, but I, you know, I, I just assumed that guy would be the guy to step up because his pens were just your, your simple slot in the corner composure. And we're not seeing any of that from any of our front three, really, when they take penalties. Uh, fingers crossed he's going to get better at it now. And if he's getting more and more pens, he, he might kind of master the art a bit. But as you said, it, it doesn't fill me with confidence when any of our front three step up to take a pen. But... You know, regards to the pen itself, um, it was a bit soft. I, I, I can agree with you there. The guy did swing the arm out and, and it looked like from one angle that he'd caught Manny in the throat and Manny went down accordingly. So I think the timing of his drop to the ground helped get the decision as well. But I, I just think it's the, the penalty karma gods are going to pay us back this season because last season, <laughs> last season we got absolutely zip at Anfield. I'm pretty sure at one point, I don't know whether we even finished the season in this case, where we'd had just one pen at Anfield and Spurs had had two. But yeah. I don't know whether... We, did we actually finish the season yeah, with I'm that record? I'm fairly sure we did, yeah. It was, it was incredible. You know, we, um, there was Stonewall pen after Stonewall pen. And now we seem to be getting pens which are kind of borderline and quite often not given. So that means um, next season we are screwed. <laughs> well, I don't care, mate. We'll win everything this season. We can be people can start their crap with calling us penalty pool again. Oh and, yes, uh, and we can enjoy it. You know, I'll bring on the pens. Let's have them because <laughs> the, the luck we had last season was incredible. It it just couldn't it it couldn't be a coincidence. It was just unbelievable how many times we didn't get the decision. So. Really nice now. This season already, we've, we've had a few pens. Um, so just long may continue, mate. And I think usually if you're the team in the ascendancy, you do pick up a lot of penalties. So, um, it's something that I'd like them to sort out. You know, either Salah getting really good at them or figuring out who they want to take it and just, you've got to stick to him then because if, if he misses his next one and then they change it again, you know, we're not getting anywhere. So, for me, I'd have Fabinho in personally, but 
if Salah keeps banging him in like that, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, and Ollie, I know you you were obviously part of the chat beforehand as well. What what do you what do you think about Salah taking him? Yeah, I don't, I don't want Salah anywhere near a penalty. He's fucking horrendous at them. Like, I, 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 I love I love the lad, but he he's so bad at penalties. Like I any goalkeeper worth his salt saves Salah's penalties because they are all the same. He runs up to it, he slaps the ball down the middle because of his stance. It curves to the left a bit. It's not particularly hard. Like, if if you're the goalkeeper, you'd probably stand there and catch it. Like it's just I don't I, if I if I'm the Red Star manager, I'm going to my goalkeeping coach and asking what the hell's going on because. Every like every Liverpool fan knew what Salah was going to do. It was an awful penalty. It was the same that in that famous one where he takes takes it for Egypt, sends him to the World Cup. It's an equally terrible penalty, but it goes in because the keeper's another idiot. And <laughs> I, I, it's just he's so bad at them. And like it's it's all right. You can't be good at everything. It's okay. It's like it's set pieces. I don't think are his thing. Like he slaps his corners instead of curling them. He slapped one out straight for a goal kicking the hey, game, and it's fine. He scored like, he could... one in the international break. Yeah, and it was a, it almost <laughs> went out for a goal kick. Like he, just, like he scored the penalty. He's just I love Mo Salah. I absolutely love him. Like I'd, I'd have his name tattooed on me if I could, if my mother would let me. But no, <laughs> honestly, just don't get him off penalties because there's going to become a point where Milner's not going to be in the team later in the season, and we're going to get an important penalty. And some goalkeeper who's actually done some research is going to stand there and catch the ball. And it's going to be horrendous. We'll get on to Mane's penalty later. I don't want him to take him either. But we've got Milner, who's an elite penalty taker. We've got Fabinho, who's an elite penalty taker. We've got Virgil van Dijk, whose bollocks are bigger than my house. I'm sure he'd smack one in convincingly. We could have a whole pod dedicated to my thoughts on those Salah taking penalties. None of it. But yeah, well done, he scored. So I can't really complain too much. The most important takeaway from that for me is that we need to get on to your mum and ask you why you can't have a tattoo. <laughs> it's because I've already, I've already got the uh, Van Dyke one, so she said one's, one's the limit. Oh. Yeah, but she can't see it, she won't know. Yeah, very true. But we'll continue anyway. I mean, I, I mentioned that I've got a question in, uh, about last year, and I, mean, I think we, we kind of mentioned without actually saying the name of Maribor, uh, last season, that seemed to be the game that fired the reignited the front three in the watch. I know we always um, championed the Spurs loss, and then there was the turnaround then. But the front three last season seemed to go up levels when we smashed Maribor seven nil. I think it was. Um, Sam, do you think this could be the Maribor game for this season? Because obviously, I know it's not seven nil, but four nil in a Champions League game is still mightily impressive. Yeah, and and eight clear cut chances created, as I mentioned earlier. So it it could quite easily have been the same kind of scoreline as well. So it it really was an impressive display today, despite having two penalties. It it still could have been a lot more goals. So um, yeah, I I think it really could be. This is the the game I've been waiting for for quite some time. You know, we we started off the season against West Ham with a four nil. And I thought, here we go, we're going to be firing straight from the off. And even though results have been fantastic, and I couldn't have wished for better results so far this season, that is largely down to our incredible inc- in improvement with the defence. You know? And it's due to the defensive improvement being so much better than the reduction in attacking quality 
that, that we have continued to actually get better results. So if we can get the attacking quality back up as well, we're going to be an incredible force going forward. So it, it's really, really exciting. I've been waiting for this game now for a number of weeks. I was expecting it a couple of games. I was hoping it would be Huddersfield. We've got it today. Let's hope now the guys do fire, you know, gives them a little kick up the ass, gets the boys firing. I really think Fabinho could be key to this. You know, that, that guy today, he's such a progressive footballer and it, it really does make a massive difference. You, you underestimate it sometimes. You just think, I'll oh, give it to the front three and they'll score. And if they don't, it's their fault. But a lot of the time it's, it's to do with how they receive the ball and in what positions and, 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 and a lot of it then is down to the midfield. And I think with, when we do finally get Fabinho, Keita, you know, uh, Winalda maybe would be the other one. Getting them all firing on all cylinders, I really think this this front three are going to be showing us exhibition after exhibition again. So, um, yeah, with Cardiff next, if we can do something similar again, look out Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, and I think Arsenal obviously good going forward, but their defence is still very us from 14, 15, 15, 16. <laughs> um, but Ollie, I'll come to you on this. Uh, uh, Sam mentioned there once we get Fabinho in more settled. But I, I, I'm going to throw a stat at you. This is from um, AI, AI regular uh, Simon Brundish. Um, in the time Fabinho has been on the pitch for Liverpool this season, he passes the ball to one of our forwards with 31% of his passes. Comparably, Henderson and Wijnaldum is 12.6% and 12.9%. Obviously, Fabinho has not played as much and... Uh, we'll talk about his general uh, performance in in a sec, but just in terms of his passing, I mean, were, were you expecting it? Because I I I won't lie, I've only watched Monaco in their Champions League runs, really. But he he looks like he can do a bit of everything in, in midfield. I was expecting it to an extent in terms of I knew he had greater quality on the ball than a number of other midfielders, but I don't think I expected him to be in tune with the movements and the runs of those ahead uh, to the extent that he was. I thought he was brilliant on the ball. And I'm I'm gonna rate I'm gonna take your Fabinho is amazing on the ball stats from a member of the AI under pressure team and I'm going to raise you with a Fabinho is amazing uh, sorry not Fabinho Fabinho is amazing off the ball stat from another member of the under pressure team, uh lovely Dan Kennett has <laughs> uh, put on Twitter that he won eighteen out of twenty four jewels. So seventy five percent of his jewels and just for like a bit of context, so jewels include tackles, uh, like aerial jewels, uh, dribbles completed, dribbles lost. So all of that, like tackles versus tackles, one v lost, tri- dribbles one uh, completed, be not completed, aerial jewels one v not. He won seventy five percent of those, eighteen. And for comparison, he won eighteen eighteen jewels. Jewels won per match this season in the Premier League. Henderson is one point nine, Genie's two point nine, Milner four point three, Van Dyke five point four, Lovren seven. We know 18 in one game. He was absolutely monstrous today. He was phenomenal. Like, he had the shaky 10, 15 minutes, and by shaky, it means he was completely fine, but made one little late tackle because he slipped. And if that's, that's what the people call him shaky nowadays. But <laughs> after that, he completely took over. And listen, like, it's, e- it's easy to say, yeah, it was only Red Star, but Liverpool have had this problem in terms of lack of midfield quality against the sort of crap. Dross for a while now. We know that we've got a midfield and mid, sort of midfield personnel and midfield tactics that can go out and win big games. They've done it for years under Klopp now, but we've missed a, many a time that midfielder that can just run the show 
against sort of weaker opposition that are just going to park a bus and make it a little bit easier for everyone else in front of everyone else behind him. And Fabinho's performance tonight was absolutely that. He took complete control from midfield after 15 minutes, didn't stop, just tackle after tackle after tackle. Like Sam said, it was progressive passing, really good, got the ball into the front men. I just thought, I, just, I was just so in, so happy. We've been, we've been waiting to see him start sort of a meaningful game for so long. We needed to win tonight. We needed to win impressively. We really wanted to improve performance after recent weeks. And he's come in under a lot of pressure. People have their eyes firmly peeled on him. And he's delivered hugely. That stat you just said sounds like it should be wrong. That's how good it is. Yeah. They, they put an extra one at the start by mistake. Is that, is, is that like look, look, looking at the thing, like Milner's four again, Genie 2.9, Hendo 1.9, maybe like 1.8, not 18. There's the yeah. decimal place has not been missed out. That is how crazy it is. He was just everywhere tonight. His heat map is literally just the whole, the, the whole of Merseyside. Well, I've been hot right now, <laughs> sitting in Wavertree, and I've got the video to keep that pressing he's down. He's marking Richarlison as well. <laughs> he was, oh, he's phenomenal. Richarlison, like, the Everton players can't sleep this night. He's just doing laps of the house. Oh, jeez. You know, the, the mad thing about Fabinho, the, the only negative you could think of there about him was that time where he slipped and fouled the guy. Well, even that was brilliant because it stopped the counter-attack. It was, he literally... <laughs> yeah. If, you, if that, you're going to be shit, then at least be snide. Like, yeah, well, that, that's what it was. Just talk to Marlon Blaney. Literally Blaine. a tactical foul. Literally. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. So so pleased with his performance. And uh, Sam, what what were your thoughts on his general performance? I mean, we'll give we'll give a, give a couple stats there. I mean, do you think he did enough um, to come into Premier League reckoning? I know as we keep saying, Red Star isn't the greatest opponent, but I mean, we're playing Cardiff. At the weekend, um, yeah. not the best team. Uh, obviously, I think it's Arsenal after that. But the Premier League not filled with that much quality. Let's be honest. Um, do you think he's done enough now to show Klopp that he can be trusted in the Premier League? Because I think the Huddersfield game was actually his Premier League debut. Yeah, well, after that performance, mate, I, I'd call him undroppable. He was exceptional. <laughs> you know, it, it's that. It sounds a bit mad, but it's that simple. Red Star are a better side than Huddersfield. They're a better side than Cardiff. Let's be honest. This is the Champions League. So if he can do it against them, he can definitely do it in the Premier League. And this midfield this season so far has been workmanlike at best. And it's something, you know, we've done some really good things. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to be too critical. But the the ceilings of many of our midfielders that we've been using this season is at a certain level going forward. You know, they're very good, hard-working players, but they haven't got the, the finesse that someone like Fabinho's got and the progressive passing, which is so important in this Liverpool team if we want to be an effective attacking unit. So, for me, we've been struggling to attack well in the Premier League and sometimes you need to put in a player like this into the team and your attack will improve all of a sudden. So for me, mate, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be having him in next game. Obviously, the the only thing you got to be careful with is giving him too much of a of a load of of a workload mm. now quickly when he's not used to it. You know, he's had ninety minutes under his belt today. Now, is it is it wise to put him in next? I think that maybe that's a a question for Simon Brundish. He'd know. He he always has the stats for these yeah. type of things with the fatigue, but. If he's 
fitness wise if the sports science says it mate I'd be having him straight in that team he's performed that's probably the best midfield performance of any player from Liverpool this season so far so to say we'd, we'd play him next game seems like an absolute no-brainer to me yeah I think that's absolutely fair I mean Ollie, your thoughts on his performance I know you mentioned the stats and stuff like that but in terms of his um, well the media future really um, do you think he will now, I don't want to say surpass, but do you think he'll be part of the actual rotation in midfield now? Because I, I, I agree with Sam. If that's if that's not top three midfielder performance from us this season, or even top one, nothing's jumping out at me. But he he was fantastic tonight. And do you think there's he can go straight into the Cardiff team now? Because I know Henderson's missing that game. Milner's still a bit buggered and will come on to Lallana, but he's not really an option there. Yeah, I think I think you've got to keep him for Cardiff and then sort of, I think we there's a week break and we play Arsenal and then we've got the return game uh, in Serbia against Red Star. Um, and I think he needs to start at least two of those games. I think, obviously, the sports scientists will know more than me in terms of he's not played in a while and he's going to suddenly like spike his workload. But I think uh, my limited knowledge on the subject shows that because he's had a few more minutes, he played over the international break for Brazil once. He might, he should be okay. Um, in terms of just sort of taking the science out of it and just saying, do I think his performances merit to keep it in the team? I think definitely. I don't think it's without question, especially the fact that regarding Cardiff on Saturday, Liverpool are just playing another team that are going to come and try and nick a draw. Um, I. Uh, injuries permitting, I wouldn't change the team that played tonight. I don't think anyone deserves to be dropped. I don't think there's an immediate mm-hmm. need to take anyone out. Um, and yeah, I think Fabinho, if not, you know, first choice starter is commanded at least a place in terms of the midfield rotation going forward now. It, he's proved that he's up to speed. He was fantastic tonight. He's had a couple of okay cameos. Um, I, I agree with you that it's one of the best midfield performances we've seen this season. And yeah, I think tonight has sort of got to be a lift-off. And I think it's interesting because it was against, um, I think Oxlade-Chamberlain got his first goal for us uh, in the 7-0 against Maribor last season, which is our third game in the Champions League. So maybe it's just the third game of the Champions League against some far-flung team from uh, a random corner of Europe that uh, <laughs> is going to ignite certain Liverpool careers. So I look forward to Nabil Fakir's brace against Krakow. In the uh, third week of the Champions League. Nah, but you sign it in January, so it'll be like... Yeah. Uh, yeah, It'll be like Real Madrid in the (laughs) (laughs) semi-final. Well, Well, maybe not this season. Ah, he's he's cup-tied, mate. He's cup-tied. He scored scored against City, didn't he? Oh, Oh, he's ruined it now, Sam. I've killed the dream. (laughs) Don't. Just cancel the transfer. Take it out with you, way for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but uh, Sam, Ollie mentioned... Uh, he wouldn't want to see anyone anyone change. But I'll, I'll stick with the midfield. Um, obviously, we kind of played a two, uh, which we don't see that much um, anymore from Klopp. Uh, I mean, we've seen it a couple of times with like Ginny and Chan and the odd time with Henderson. <clears throat> um, do you think there's a real partnership there? I know we still got a blood in uh, Naby Keita, but just off this first viewing, I mean, did Ginny and uh, Ginny and Fabs show a potential future there? Massively so. I, I thought they were brilliant together. I thought I, I I said earlier that I think Wijnaldum's been by far our best midfielder this season so far, and he he very much carried on in the same vein today. I just thought those two guys together, there was there was no one getting past them. It was so nice to see. And as I as I mentioned, the Red Star 
attacking guys did show a bit of promise on occasion and, and did show a turn of pace on the counter-attack. And those two guys just shut it down as soon as it started. They were unbelievable. And I just think a midfield two of those two guys together it is a formidable partnership and it's a really, really exciting thing to see. So, you know, regards to the Cardiff game, the only guy I was doubting would have been Shakiri, and I think I I blame again myself personally. Um, it was kind of an uh, he played on the right more today, really, didn't mm. he? And they had it was a bit of an unusual formation that they went for, and then so they had the Firmino then dropping in more to the kind of almost like the attacking mid bit, as you said, and Salah going kind of central. Um, but yeah, for me, I I think he might have subbed Shakiri early. Because he doesn't want to overwork him with the loads and everything. I think that was one of those tactical subs so that he will be able to be available for the Cardiff game because I think he's been excellent yet again. And the good thing is, as you said, we're out of the Carabao Cup at the time. You know, obviously not happy to lose to Chelsea, but I really think it's going to be a huge blessing for us going forward this season because we've got a full week then after the Cardiff game to prepare then for the Arsenal game and. You know, with the guys, we, they've had a big load this season so far. We haven't got quite as much cover in some positions as, say, Man City's of this world do. So I think being out of that competition might just kind of level the playing field a bit for uh, regards to the squad size. And for me, if he wants to start exactly the same team against Cardiff, I'd be absolutely delighted. Yeah. Absolutely the same. I mean, that back line, it just, it just doesn't worry me at all. Midfield was perfect. Let's see what they can do with it. The front line, well, we just scored four goals and had eight big, uh, big chances or whatever the correct terminology is. Um, yeah, unless someone's really struggling fitness wise, I don't think you can really justify dropping anyone. But, um, you mentioned a couple subs there, so we'll get back to the actual game events. Um, Lalana and Sturridge come on for, um, Shakiri and Salah, um, kind of chalk and cheese impact on the game <laughs> in terms of the in terms of the substitute. I mean, I'm not Lalana's <laughs> biggest fan, but he, he came on. He looked all right in patches, but I mean, Ollie is he the world's slowest man? <laughs> I mean, there's people with no legs that could probably outrun Adam Lalana based on the evidence we saw tonight. There's it was. It was like watching a, it was akin to watching a snail enter the pitch for 20 minutes or however long it was that he came on. It's just, it was disheartening because all, like, for, for all Lana's faults, and he, he, you know, he's probably past his prime a bit now. He's had some injuries and he did have a lot of positive attributes. He's still got some, but the thing is sort of always associated with him, but he was willing to do the hard running. He was capable of doing it. But based on tonight, he just looks a yard slower. Every time he comes onto the pitch, I think he's going to get a yellow card because he just looks a yard, half a yard off the pace, which perhaps is because he's, you know, been out injured for so long, but, there are other people that come back in and don't look that off the pace. He, he should have scored. Been out for like two years, to be fair. Like, you know, what I mean, it's just like there's there's been a yard off the pace. We come back, and then there is Adam Lallana. Like he goes, he gets put through, and you talk of a player bursting in on goal. He was more like crawling in on goals. <laughs> like he got tucked away. He looked immediately like he wasn't going to outpace his man. Try- took it onto his left foot weirdly and then tried to take it back onto his right so messed up the chance. I don't know. I just think, we were talking before about how Harry Wilson's bad for another one for Derby tonight and I just think that we've got players, we've got him, we've got Curtis Jones. I think we've got young players that we get getting to a point where 
there's not many things apart from obviously having sort of the tactical knowledge of what Klopp wants that Lallana can do that these young talents can't. And given his wages, everything that I'm sort of seeing from him so far since he's come in this season sort of suggests that I don't think sort of getting off the wage bill next summer or even in January it would be the worst thing in the world, given we've got some really talented youngsters that are keen to come in and get minutes off the bench. Possibly a bit harsh. As I said, he has been out for two years. I think I, I'm not one to defend Lallana. But I thought it'd be quite funny to bring up the uh, the the weirdest, most slowest man in the world. But Sam, what did you think of him overall then? If you want to giggle about that, uh, him being a turtle uh, in terms of speed, <laughs> feel free. But uh, uh. how do you think he did? I, he was probably better than he was at the weekend. Do you think he can improve further? Or do you think, similarly to Wally, it's time to um, move on from players like Lallana? I know he's clearly liked by Klopp in, some, in a certain regard, but what were your thoughts on Lallana? And, and it, let's expand it to his first two showings back then. Do you think there's still a a future for him? Well, Adam Lallana, he loves a Cruyff turn so much, I'm, I'm pretty sure he Cruyff turns his breakfast. Uh, you know, I think that's how he scrambles his eggs, mate. He, he just, <laughs> he, he's just, every time he gets the ball, Cruyff turn, Cruyff turn. And, and I'm not in it, I try not to criticise too much, right, but the, the Cruyff turns, very, very good at keeping possession. The guy is exceptional when the ball comes to him getting out of tight areas and keeping the ball. The, the only problem with that is, is all momentum of any move has completely gone by the time he's actually maintained possession. The opposition is back in defence. The, the, there's no actual benefit from it. It looks nice. It, it's, it's very impressive that he can keep hold of the ball. I'm sure he'd be brilliant in the training drills. But it is a shame. I, as you said, the guy's had so many injuries really bad injury luck and you know he has got ability there and we have seen in the past that he's worked quite well under Klopp and you can see that Klopp really likes the guy you know he still finds a place for him there because he knows the guy's got some potential and if he could kind of get his fitness back up Klopp seems to believe that he could do a job for us again personally I, I don't think he's got much of a future with Liverpool you know, he seems like a nice guy and he, he has got some ability there. But I think we've, we've got guys there now who are far more progressive than him. So I think his, his comeback has been very kind of uninspiring, shall we say. It's, it's, it's another squad player. He's decent enough, but please keep him away from the front three. Um, if you're going to play him, yeah. play him in the midfield. And, and hopefully he can try and do his, his, his good work in there. Keeping hold of the ball can be very useful in midfield areas. When it's in the attacking third, you're, you're killing all momentum we've got, you know. And then when it comes to the other sub, Daniel Sturridge, on, in contrast, was absolutely fantastic, I thought, today. I thought he was bloody brilliant. I, he didn't put a foot wrong. I know he's only on for 17 minutes, I think it was. Uh, and I thought he was... One of our best players today. It was that good. You know, the guy came off the bench and he, he seemed to just show his class completely. The guy, let's just think what he did. He, he put Lalana through for his uh, snail snail run. <laughs> Still funny. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he just he just turned on a sixpence and with his right foot, which is apparently his his weaker foot, weighted the less, pass. Less Ab- strong. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I put Lalana clean through with about a five-yard buffer against the defender going the wrong direction. You know, the, the guy was clean through on goal, as Ollie mentioned before the pod. Couldn't believe he pushed it onto his left peg, though, when he just needed to open his body up onto his right. And then he had a really good chance for a finish there. So that was bizarre. But we're on to Sturridge, and that was a brilliant ball through. Should have been an assist for him there. Um, when it came to uh, Mane's uh, goal, he with Wijnaldum's with some brilliant work, by the way, put it in to uh, Sturridge. Sturridge again, lovely little turn, put Mane through goal. And he also had a third um, third ball in as well, where he put someone clean through on goal. Which one was that one? Uh, there was another one as well. I can't um, remember. I'm watching yeah. the highlights now, so hopefully it'll pop up. But it looks like it's not going. <laughs> oh no, that that was it, mate. It was the, it was pretty much like a hockey assist where where they didn't quite score. Where Manny missed the chance right at the end. It was oh, a really okay. really good. He, he was down the touchline. He carried the ball, turned really brilliantly, played a great ball through to Firmino, who did excellently and knocked it clean through to Manny, clean through on goal. So it was three occasions there in the 70-minute period where Sturridge nearly created goals and he just, he was gliding around the pitch. He looked really, really confident and really, really smooth. And it's Got an so, assist so, as well. Yeah, exactly. He had that assist with, uh, when he, for Mane's actual goal, um, as well. So he's, he had a really, really exciting cameo today. And it's just so nice to see, isn't it? Because it's, it's been about two years in the making, this. And let's just hope they can continue. They, they've been doing a lot of management of Sturridge's fitness. And at this moment in time, and pitching wood massively, um, they seem to have sussed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everyone loves Daniel Sturridge to a certain degree. And it's great to see him back at possibly not his best, but he's looking like a, a good evolution of a player who's been through so many injuries. But, uh, Ollie, yeah. your, your thoughts on, um, on, on Sturridge's impact in, in a pretty much a short, a short period of time? Yeah, I think Sam sums it up pretty well. There's a load of sort of moments where he showed his quality in such a short space of time. He came on and looked like he'd been playing the whole game and just clicked into it straight away, the flow of the game. Obviously, the situation helps him, but as we saw against Huddersfield on um, Saturday, it's not easy to. It's not always the case that you can uh, come on and just break away and score goals on the counter as a team sort of who was uh, going for a draw and conceded sort of tries to get themselves back into it. But no, he was really good. Deserved more like deserves more assists than he got. I'm still laughing at uh, Sam describing Milan as run as a snail run. I just imagine there's a whole white trail emerging behind him as he tries to emerge <laughs> first away from the defender. But um, no, yeah, really good from Sturridge, who's uh, sort of been in really good form recently, contributing well whether he starts, whether he's off the bench, and uh, it's great to see him. Hopefully we'll see a lot more of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll get back into the um, match events then, and Ollie, I'll stick with you. Obviously we get another penalty. Um, firstly, your thoughts on it being handball, and then secondly, again, another take, because obviously Salah was off, we see Mane take a pen. Uh, this one's saved. The save looks impressive, but watching it back, I mean, it is a really bad penalty. But uh, your thoughts on the whole on the whole incident? Yeah, I think it probably is a penalty. Just the defender's quite wild with his arm. You could say it's unlucky. It's normally maybe at three 0 One of those that the ref thinks in most occasions. Well, it's three 0 I've already given a penalty. I'm going to let them off this one. But obviously, uh, the man in the middle stuck to his guns, gave it. Don't know why not. As in, I, I think I, I think. I more hope Mane is stepping up because it's a case where 
Firmino scored, Salah scored twice, and you know we don't want to leave little Sadio out. I hope he's not our third choice penalty taker because then if, <laughs> later in the season, champ- say a Champions League semi final, Salah gets one and misses, but we get to the final anyway. Right, Salah's off pen, Mills on the pitch. All right, great, Marnie's going to take one now. Because he's equally as bad, we just don't see him take them as often. This pod sounds really... like we'd be really bad in a penalty shootout. Well, that's the thing. We've got good. I think we've got decent takers. I just don't think that being a good goal scorer correlates to being a good penalty taker. It's like set pieces. Some of the greatest set piece takers ever aren't particularly great at blessed with goal scoring. Like David Beckham wasn't rattling it, rattling them in from open play left, right, and centre. Gerrard got really good at set pieces towards the end of his career when sort of the on like the input. Of, open play stuff sort of faded uh, we don't see Milner banging goals in left right and centre it's just sort of the idea that you know you're good at finishing chances make, make so you're a good choice at, <laughs> yeah you're good at scoring penalties just oh, like I don't know it, it was yeah he scored it was a bad bad penalty don't really want to see him taking important ones get Milner on and get, get Van Dijk on them I'd probably rather have Allison taking a penalty than Salah and Marnie at this point. Uh, Allison for, would definitely dink it down the middle. Yeah, Firmino's not even that bad at them as well, because Firmino's probably not quite as good a finisher as Salah and Marnie, but Firmino is decent at penalties and missed one last season where I think the keeper made a really good save, and he was yeah, off them. That, bro- that broke him for like three months, though. <laughs> <laughs> he took a good one on the opening day against Watford last season, and my memory stretches back far enough. I think he's alright at penalties as well. It's just a, if I write about penalties, it sounds like we lost. And we've missed about seven penalties I've just spent half a point about that penalties but yeah and we, I mean we scored both of them but no they were, they were, they were bad penalties <laughs> it's, like when, it's like when Man United win a game can their fans be really happy like we scored the penalties but can we they were, they were bad <laughs> no, no more please I like how you've got we've got nothing to do with Man United in this game and we've brought up them being horrendous just them being and, terrible yeah and we brought up Everton because Fabinho is definitely man marking someone because obsessed <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely us wolves. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, Sam, your your thoughts on the penalty in, or the missed penalty incident? Speaking of uh, Everton, remember David Unsworth taking penalties? That was a good example of someone who can oh, <laughs> only take a set piece. Actually, you probably don't, guys. You're a lot no. younger than me. <laughs> I, I've, I've watched Premier League years. If that oh shit! I've just realised how old I am. Don't tell anyone. I right? am 34. Um, yes, mate. Um, the penalty incident itself. Uh, it's again one that's that's a little bit harsh, but the guy did not contr- have control of that head whatsoever and kind of tried to claw it back. But I don't know. I think with both penalties, I'd have been a bit disappointed if Liverpool had given them because you know with my biased head on. So to be fair, I think it was a, one of those ones you don't always get, but it's one of those ones we are going to continue to get this season. Now that the penalty karma gods. Uh, smiling upon us. So, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy for them to continue to give us those kind of marginal pens, uh, and then hopefully they continue to do so. Uh, again, the Marnie finish itself for the pen, not the best. Um, it's, it's, it's frustrating, really. It, it can be a really big thing to have a, a consistent penalty taker, a really confident one, one that you can rely on. You know, Milner was huge for us that season where, where he, he put nearly everything away. So just fingers crossed now that they do kind of settle down and get someone and just stick to them. And then things, you know, when we do get all the penalties that we've been promised by the gods, uh, we're actually going to put them away. Yeah. 
Yeah, good point. And um, I've just realised the time. We're near up to an hour now, so we'll get through the last bits. Um, Oli, fourth goal, we kind of mentioned it there um, when we were talking about Sturridge, but uh, it was good to Matt for Mane to get a goal, so he wasn't left out, as you said. Yeah, yeah, I've just realised in rambling on about how bad our penalties were that I think I might have accidentally said that Mane scored his pen. Of course, he didn't. Uh, <laughs> his penalty was bad and was deservedly missed, and then obviously got his goal later. Um, which, yeah, it's good for him. I don't think he hasn't scored in six or seven games, so good for his confidence. Hopefully, he'll be able to get amongst the goals in the next few weeks. He loves a goal against Arsenal, so um, next week at the Emirates, hopefully, he can do some more of his madness against them. And yeah, on the goal itself, is it he gets it out of his feet well. Good finish. It's uh, good for us just like exposing their sort of lack of men at the back in the last stages as they try to get a, a goal for the about ten fans I think that managed to get themselves a uh, ball from Sturridge gets his assist off the bench and uh, yeah, nice finish from Sadio. Yep, Sam, just quickly your your thoughts, Mane getting a goal. Yeah, really good. Um, I'm so happy that that all three managed to to bag today. I think it's. Uh, I think Beasley again tweeted earlier saying it was the first time all three have scored since the Roma 5-2. And oh. uh, so, yeah, so it's been a little while now. Because if, if you remember, last season we had a run of all three of them scoring in, in a number of games. Uh, so we, yeah, it's been due, should we say. Uh, so really, really positive signs now that all three could, could notch. Uh, you know, we touched on the goal earlier. As you said, fantastic work again from Ronaldo. Brilliant play, getting uh, Sturridge into a really good area. And again, maybe the old Sturridge would have just turned and shot, but he, he spotted Mane clean through, put the, put his mate in, and happy days four nil. Yep, absolutely brilliant stuff from the front three, as we've been saying throughout. Um, Ollie, no one better to ask than you. Uh, for this, obviously, we see Albi come on uh, for, for a few minutes. Eventful few minutes. I mean, we see him do that uh, lovely back heel trick, and then he tries the most ambitious shot ever and puts it out with the stadium. Uh, arguably the greatest cameo left-back performance I've ever seen. The man just continues to dazzle me with the quality of football that he shows, and uh, I probably need to start telling the truth. No, he was fine. I was happy to see him, as I always am happy to see Albi. Really liking the chin strap that he's integrated. It's a little bit darker than normal. It's only a bit more ginger, and I think he's veered away from that, which, as a ginger myself, is a bit upsetting. But, you know, whatever he wants to do to make him happy, I'm fine with. Uh, on the actual football, no, he was all right. Uh, responded to the shoot uh, that was came from the cop in late on and ballooned it out of the ground. And I think it's just hit Marco Silva as he wanders around good a certain night. Um, but no, he was all right. Like, a couple of nice technical moments. I uh, shot and trotted him out for 10 minutes. There were actually moments that I think some people's chest might start the game as sort of we looked to give up a rest. Whether that was a thing and then wasn't, because you know we, need, we needed to win commandingly, so we went with the first choice team. Is he gonna, maybe he'll come in against Cardiff potentially? Who knows? But no, it was uh, nice to see him. Good for Robert to get a rest, and uh, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed watching Albi trot around the place for ten minutes as I always do. Absolutely, and um, Sam, I won't ask you about Albi unless you want to mention him in this next bit, um, but. We'll have to get come on and uh, finished with a man of the match. So, Sam, I'll start with you. Is it Albie? <laughs> oh, mate, I just got to point out, you've got to be the only guy in the world that would have put Albie coming on for eight minutes on the agenda for this yeah, game. Yeah, 100%. All of, the, all of the things to talk about, <laughs> and you put Albie on, in the on agenda. Raw, on, on, on Raw, they're not going to mention him. Right. Yeah, speaking about tattoos, uh, how's your Albie ass tattoo getting along, all right? Still sore. 
<laughs> oh man, but yeah, unbelievable. He's getting a mensch, but there we are. Um, Had to be man, done. when it comes to man of the match, um, someone I want to mention quickly is Joe Gomez because we yeah. haven't talked about him at all. And I just thought <laughs> they, they weren't in our half, that's why. <laughs> well, yeah, but he put the burners on that one time, didn't he? Yeah. He put his rocket boots on. Yeah, I, I tweeted at the time and did the, the Roadrunner gif, uh, Joe Gomez. His gas is incredible. I can't believe how quick that guy is. You know, so he, he just looks majestic, doesn't he? He looks so composed on the ball. They, when they were pressing really heavily, he was put in some really tight spots. And I just think he's getting better and better on the ball as well. And he, he's playing some lovely crossfield passes. You know, it's, he's just showing that it's not just Virgil that can do these things. Now, with Van Dyke, obviously, he was outstanding again. But we kind of take it for granted now. He's just that good. But I just think it was worth mentioning Joe Gomez because I thought he was bloody brilliant yet again. And really nice to have him back at centre-back. I'm not a fan of him at right-back, probably because it means that Lovren is centre-back. I think it's more that than anything else. Mm. But uh, I, I love seeing Trent at right anyway, so... Uh, there is that. Um, Wijnaldum, I think, deserves a mention because I think he's brilliant again today. Really, really solid. You know, all of the front three were decent without being exceptional. Um, Shakiri, I thought, was one of our best players today. He was fantastic yet again. Opened the door a number of times. Put Salah through with a magnificent ball. Put Robertson through on the left to set up the first goal. Looked really lively throughout. Um, as I said, I thought Sturridge was brilliant off the bench, but only played 17 minutes, so he's not even in the reckoning. Uh, no two ways about it for me. Fabinho has walked the man of the match for me today. I just think he looks so powerful in that midfield. He, he's a bit of a colossus. That, and, you know, we're talking about playing him now in the games coming up in the Premier League, having a guy with his physical presence in the middle there, with the aerial balls coming in. We're talking about duels. That's something you've got to do on a regular basis in the Premier League. And I think this guy is going to be tailor-made for it. So uh, I think today he was brilliant. His passing was a lot better than maybe some people thought. As you mentioned earlier, Guy, his his passing is really, really good. Um, And good feet for a big guy is a bit of a crap. uh, Yeah, (laughs) crappy cliche, I guess, thrown out there. But the guy's got really good composure on the ball, rarely loses it, and gets us going forward. So, for me, man of the match today by an absolute mile, Fabinho. Yeah, I imagine this is only going to go one way, but Ollie, before you mention that Fabinho is your man of the match, is there anyone else you want to mention? <laughs> uh, I've done the ratings, and uh, go to the Amazon Index website and check them out, but the spoilers I will give are that my sort of joint highest ratings were Shakiri and Fabinho, so I, my man of the match will go to Fabinho, but I think that was Shaq's most complete performance for us so far. He gave us a, as if Fabinho gave us what we've been missing in sort of the deep part of the midfield, I think Shakiri definitely gave us a lot of what we've been missing sort of going forward as part of sort of like a front four in the sort of different shape we played today. Um, so yeah, I think Fabinho's my man of the match, but Shakiri would be the uh, second that deserves a big mention. Yeah, I think that's absolutely perfect there. Um, I'm going to mention Allison because he has not been mentioned once in this podcast, so I didn't want him to be left out. Um, he did nothing, but there you go, he got a mention. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it'll come to plug. Sam, anything uh, you've been writing or podding on? 
Um, I just want to give a quick plug to Divock Origi, who's been on the bench uh, quietly the last couple of games without me really noticing. Uh, blown <laughs> away by that. I didn't even realise. Uh, looked at the, the substitutes uh, list earlier. And uh, yeah, he's still there. So fair play to the guy. Uh, with regards to anything now, um, I've, I've been doing quite a few podcasts recently, mate, but there's no articles, new articles out at the moment anyway, but hopefully we'll do something soon. And if you want to have a chat on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans. Good stuff. And Ollie, anything you've been working on? Obviously, match ratings, as you mentioned. Yeah, go and read my ratings. Come and shout at me. Um, I embrace that. Uh, to do that, you can get my Twitter, which is at Oliver Emerson. So please direct all abuse there. And I'm going to have something coming out in the next week on uh, something that might be interest to Sam as well. Roots, uh, on Ben Woodburn and what exactly is going on with his career at the moment. I've done a bit of research into that on why he's not uh, tearing it up in the championship so far. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled on that. That'll be on the uh, AI website and obviously you can find it on my Twitter as well. That's it from me, I think. Good stuff and I've been your host, Guy Drinkle, as always. So thanks for joining me, you two, and thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Podcast Network.